The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business on News Talk. Pete Weatherburn, otherwise known as Pete the Vet, is with us to answer your questions. Pete, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. You're one of the very few, like Stephanie Price, who didn't watch the Late Late last night. I'm stunned. Stunned! <laughs> it was a Friday night, there's plenty of other things to do, Anton. <laughs> there aren't, though, Pete, there aren't. Um, lots of, t- of, of questions, as always. And, uh, an interesting one that I know I shouldn't find funny, and I apologise, but part of it is kind of funny. My dog pees everywhere. I'm guessing it's a territorial thing, but I don't know how to stop it. He has peed on me when I was sitting on a stool outside. He has peed on my cats, and sometimes indoors when he knows that's not allowed. What do you do when your dog is peeing on your cat? That's Pete. <laughs> Get him a pair of trousers so he can't un- unzip them before the cat runs away. Um, basically, it sounds to me like this is probably a little male dog. Um, they are male hormones uh, are very, very potent at telling dogs to mark their territory. And dogs like to mark Including their, the cat? Including anything within sight. Yes, in, indeed. Um, dogs and cats live in a world of odours. Odours that are so subtle that you and I can't get them. But to dogs and cats, they're shouting at them. So what a dog wants to feel comfortable is he wants to have everything within his domain identified as his. And so that he doesn't feel really settled until everything has his particular fine uh, stench. And so that's what he does. Now, the simple answer is get him castrated, get him neutered, because that removes the male hormones and it stops him wanting to do that. Now, it's not always quite as simple as that um, because some neutered male dogs continue the habit. And so there is an element of training and also of cleaning up because um, once a dog's peed somewhere, they want to pee there again because now it smells of pee and it just needs topped up a little bit. So, you know, so there's lots of stuff here. Now, I was told by somebody who is theoretically in the know, but you can tell me if they're right or wrong, that when you're cleaning up a dog's pee, you shouldn't use bleach because the ammonia smell is sufficiently like the pee that the dog thinks it's pee anyway. Yeah, absolutely right. That's that's. A, I was I'm, very sceptical. That's true. I'm, okay. I'm glad you've picked that up. What I suggest is cleaning an area in a solution of biological soap powder and warm water. And that's got enzymes in it that, that digest the biological odours. And then what you do is once you've done that, you dry it and you spray it with surgical spirit. And the surgical spirit mops up some of the sort of oily stuff. And then you dab it dry and then you're done. So that's what you should do rather than trying to use household disinfectants. Text asking, can you ask Pete, is there any medication that improves the transmission of nerve signals from the brain to the legs for an elderly Leon Burger, brackets 11 years? For a Leon Burger, 11 years is very elderly. That's 110 in Leon Burger years, <laughs> yes, isn't it? It is ancient. That These giant breeds don't tend to live so long. And as they get older, they do suffer from more mobility issues than other breeds because they're so big and everything takes more pressure. Um, it sounds to me like there's probably a combination of things going on there. So there's no single magic thing which will make this dog's nerves work better. Um, it probably is a little bit of arthritis and you can get lots of really good treatments for arthritis these days. Um, probably is a little bit of spinal disease and there can be arthritis in the spine as well as things like um, slip discs and so on. Um, so really I'd be saying to them, the best answer is to go to their vet for a full workup. Identify, you know, the, the different parts of the jigsaw that's making this dog uh, a bit doddery. Um, and also look at the, the, the environment of the dog. It's amazing what a difference can make to have things like non-slip floors, for example. Um, 
also ramps to to go to go up and down if there's any any um, higher areas need to get up to like the back of a car or even just a different particularly um, for a giant dog like a Leon Burger where yeah. they're having to haul a lot of heft up and down that's steps. right that's right and I, I've seen old dogs slipping on slipping on floors and having a really difficult time because their owners haven't thought to put in non-slip mats so there's lots of simple things that you can do that will make a big difference to that dog um, a text that I think is a probably a hardy perennial for dog owners my dog won't stop digging up our garden please help that it tends to be a juvenile thing that sort of a lot of dogs age out of doesn't it to some extent it's also um it's what some dogs are designed to do like terriers are called terriers from the french word for ground ter you know that's what they do they dig they dig they've been bred to 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 be used for hunting by digging things up so it's an absolutely natural behavior i'd actually encourage dogs to dig and i'd be saying what they should do is they should take a piece of their garden and sacrifice it, make it a dog digging area and encourage your dog to dig there. Bury treats in there, bury toys in there and say to your dog, go and dig in there. And and they actually love that then. And and, and that way your dog will be happy and you'll be happy too. And of course, it's, it's, it links to that principle of it, 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 it's easier to redirect than to stop. So in yeah. any of the behaviours, get them to do an alternative thing rather than trying to arrest the exactly. behaviour that's annoying. Because these behaviours are, are often natural things dogs want to do. So you just can't stop them. While we're on the topic of you talked about dogs being bred for specific reasons. Um, pit bulls, of course, originally bred for um, fighting. I mean, a long time ago in the Victorian era. But interesting thing this week in the UK, the large scale, the XL pit bulls. XL American bullies. They've the been, huge pit bulls, banned. They've been banned. They were banned yesterday in the UK. And the interesting thing, this follows, by the way, a number of attacks um, on people. Well, people have been killed by these big dogs in the UK. Um, and... The, the 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 idea of banning them is politically popular, but interestingly, nearly all of the animal welfare, animal rescue groups are completely against it. The veterinary groups are completely against banning Why? them. Because they tried to ban dogs about 20 years ago, like pit bulls in the UK, and it's made absolutely zero difference to the number of dog attacks or dog or death. It's actually, the number of deaths from dog attacks has got worse since they banned certain breeds. And meanwhile, there's been all sorts of collateral damage with family pets being... Um, taken by the police because they resemble pit bulls or whatever and they're taken into custody and kept there for years while there are court debates about whether they are this particular breed and whatever. So it doesn't work. And so why why, why, why have they not learned? They should be looking at the data as to what makes a difference. And what makes a difference is human behaviour. Like the two dogs that killed somebody yesterday in the UK, the newspaper reports say the dogs have been wreaking havoc in the local community for the last few weeks. So that's what, what should have happened is the police should have been called. They should have spoken to the owners. They should have dealt with the management of the dogs, not wait until the dogs kill somebody and try and ban them. It's me, silly. Because whenever you talk, particularly about pit bulls, pit bull owners get very irate and say they make lovely family pets and they can be very nice dogs and it is to do with the way that they are um, trained when they become problematic. But what you said about the desire of terriers to dig, are there not certain breeds that are innately more aggressive and combative than others or is that just a stereotype? There's, I think there's very little evidence for that. There's no doubt though that these dogs are very, very big and very, very muscular. And so people who own them, you know, they, they have to be responsible and, and take account of that. And certainly, perhaps there should be controls such as people have to ha have um, do certain training or have certain mental health and legal checks or whatever. Um, but 
banning a particular breed, all that will happen is they'll move sideways and find, instead of having a big pit bulldog, they'll have a big Rottweiler dog or a huge... Rhodesian Boxer Ridgeback or whatever, whatever else. Yeah. Um, I'm t- thinking of getting a King Charles pa- Spaniel, says oh, that's a That's nicer, much nicer. Thank you. <laughs> Light relief here. I have heard, though, that they can often have health issues. Which, do they? I would have thought they were a fairly robust little fellow. Very energetic, aren't they? What should I watch first, says the text? Well, they are the most lovely, good-natured little dogs, and they make great family pets. But unfortunately, every breed of dog has some health issues. And anybody thinking about getting a particular breed, I would say... Go to a search engine on the internet and put the name of the breed in and health issues and you will discover it. As far as Cavalier is concerned, they're very, very prone to heart disease. So a very high portion of them by the age of 10 years of age, they're suffering from signs of heart disease and they have to be on very expensive medication every month to keep them going. So you should be aware of that. So you should choose a breeder who has done some health checks to make sure the instance of that is very low. And there are other ones as well. But like I say, no breed is absolutely perfect. Um, we have been skewed dog-wise, so we better uh, get in a couple of the cat ones. Anton, please ask Pete, has he any idea to help our eight-year-old cat to accept a new kitten? A stray that we cannot rehome and we love now. Our cat is very stressed and has always been an anxious cat. Ah, that's a shame. There's a bit of a myth that cats should kind of automatically make friends with new arrivals in the house. Unfortunately, that's not true. Some cats just like to be loners and they just cannot stand the idea of another cat in their territory. So I think that the first thing that you should do is introduction should be made nicely by doing things like scent swapping. Scent swapping is where you, you rub a cloth on the kitten's head and you show it to your cat before they've even seen the kitten. And you do that for a few days before they actually meet face to face and vice versa, cat to kitten. So they get to know each other's smell and then you introduce them very gradually. So they've passed that stage. So what can they do now? I think the best thing they can do is make sure there's enough space in each house, private space for each cat in their house. So, you know, um, one room the cat can go where he knows that little rogue of a kitten can't come near (laughs) him. And so your cat has privacy and, and safety. And that's what you need to do, really. Pete, as always, thank you very much. That is Pete Weatherburn, otherwise known, of course, as Pete the Vet. The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.